Hey everyone, this is Mike from You'll Probably Agree. Today I have actress and star of the movie The Swerve, Azura Skyon. She was absolutely amazing during this interview and I truly want to thank her for taking the time to do it. Uh, if you don't know what The Swerve is, it's a movie that's available on all streaming platforms. And it's a film about a woman who has a certain incident that she has to keep secret. And in keeping it secret, it drives her completely insane. And you get to watch as this person's sanity starts to uh, unfold a little more and more. And it's actually a fantastic piece of filmmaking. And I highly recommend you seeing it. Uh, I want to thank my sponsor, Galway Bay, located at 500 West Diversity Parkway in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, it doesn't really matter the location right now because there's a pandemic and nobody's going to the bar, as you shouldn't. If you are, then, uh, well, I'll just, I'm just going to leave my thoughts to myself there. Um, but what you can do to help Galway Bay out, not the one in Ireland, although this bar is run by Irish guys, but the Galway Bay in Chicago, is to go on their dual drinkware page, which you can find the link to that page in the description of the video below. There you can buy glasses and, uh, you know, cup holders and, and like, coasters and t-shirts and all this other great stuff. Uh, I have a bunch of it myself. I use it all the time. Like, every day I'm pouring a glass of water on my Galway Bay glass. Why not beer? Because I cut down on my drinking and it's helped me lose my uh, 46 to 48 pounds over the course of three months. Little bragging rights there. Haha, -ha, I'm, I'm, I'm such a douchebag. Anyways, um, I'm going to start the episode now and I want to again thank uh, Miss Sky for doing this interview and please enjoy. I was the one those two kids in the paper. I ran them off. Hey, everybody. Welcome to You'll Probably Agree. Today, I have Azura Sky, the uh, star of the movie The Swerve. And uh, boy, what a film. I got, I got to say, this was a great representation of, uh, of mental illness. I, I see like a lot of movies that try to depict it and they kind of do sort of this singular kind of hokey job at it. And this movie really kind of broke down what it's like, not only to uh, have uh, uh, have something on your mind that you can't get off, but the fact that you can't even tell anyone about it because of, uh, without giving the plot away, <clears throat> extenuating circumstances. Although probably we're going to be, kind of inadvertently giving a little bit of a way without too much. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, having said that, one thing that kept going through my mind in uh, this film was what was exactly going on in Holly's head and what wasn't? Because I think I'm not sure if the movie went to, I don't know if it was exactly open for interpretation or not. I do think that it was kind of open for interpretation, which is something that I liked about it. And um, I always like when you see a movie with someone and you leave and you both have an entirely different opinions as to what happened. Um, mm. For me, I had to imagine that it was all real. For me, none of it was in her head. For me, it was all happening in real time. Uh, so, um, yeah, that, that's the way I played it. And then, you know, everyone takes different things away from it. 
And so it's been interesting to see, you know, different, different people's takes on exactly what was in her head and what was actually happening. But from where I was coming from, it was all real. Right. And uh, I guess like on the theme of mental illness is a big theme in the film. Uh, how do you think uh, people could have helped Holly out in this uh, in the position that she was in or was she beyond help? Because basically she had to keep like this horrible secret in her head and if she told anyone you know she might have had to confess to the police regarding a, a hit and run that happened and then uh she would have to go to jail you know her family probably would have been shamed and so on and so forth do you do you think she could have been helped or or if there was a way anyone could have helped her i think to help her it probably would have been far before that incident ever occurred um you know it that incident happens after you know she leaves a very uncomfortable um dinner situation with her family and flees the house and um taking solace you know in her vehicle being alone driving and this horrible thing happens um you know you wonder if maybe her family had treated her with a little bit more kindness and care if she wouldn't have been pushed to that point. Yeah. But once it actually came to that, I agree with you. There's really not, not many places for her to go. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of like, well, what is she going to do at that point? Like, it's just, eh, I guess it is what it is. <laughs> um, so do you think, uh, why do you think nobody cared like much? Because it seemed like throughout the movie, not a lot of people showed a lot of care towards your character. You know, furthermore, I guess towards that, uh, I guess to dive a little deeper, do you think we have a, a problem in society with displaying empathy towards one another? Um, yes, especially recently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's, you know, as you look at our, our culture and our society and what we've been through, it's become glaringly obvious just how important empathy is. Uh, you know, being kind and being empathetic are no small things. At the end of the day, they are truly uh, all that matter. They trump everything, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> unintended. Yeah. Um, all right. It's all on our minds. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, em empathy is, is is hugely important, and you know, in in, in Holly's case, um, you know, I think she a big part of her problem is that she was living with a family, and of course, she's loved by her family. She, you know, her her husband and her kids love her, I'm sure, but they don't show a lot of appreciation, and you know, it's it's so important to take that that moment with those people around us and just say i see you and uh, i care about you and you're important and what you're doing is important because i think sometimes when you know you see people every day you start to take them for granted and they can kind of become invisible to you and that also is part of holly's story and holly's plight this sort of feeling like this invisible person who no one sees and no one listens to yeah absolutely um so how, how did you, uh, this is kind of like an emotionally, uh, it's a very tolling role to say the, to say the least. How did, how did you prepare for, uh, for such a task? 
Yeah, it, it was a tough one for sure. And um, <laughs> I found that there actually wasn't really any way to prepare for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Very much an on the day, in the moment kind of thing. Um, and just kind of getting myself into um, a headspace and an emotional place where I was able to access all that stuff that needed to be accessed. But I, I did use music quite a bit, uh, which is something that I, I often do um, when it comes to more emotional work. But I, I did it more with this project probably than any other because it, um, it, it was uh, such a, a tall order in that regard. Um, I find that music affects me uh, more quickly and more viscerally than anything else. Uh, there are even songs that I don't even have to listen to them. I can just listen to them in my head and I'll start to cry. So that that's a tool that I use and, and that was very helpful for me once again on this. Oh, absolutely. So like, how did you like wind down after each shoot? Because I'm guessing, you know, you've been in Holly's head. You know, it's it's a lot like, OK, well, today I have another emotional breakdown. Uh how do I how do I relax after this? Like, did did do you did you like get out of character like immediately like when they said cut, or did you just go full Daniel Day Lewis and method it all the way? <laughs> or, no, that, that's not really my style. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I, I do tend to to you know stop acting and stop being my character as soon as they say cut. That's always the way I work, not by choice. That's just the way I am. For mm -hmm. me, I always have to come right back to being me immediately to then um, be that character once again. So uh, yeah, the second they say cut, I am no longer Holly and I am once again Azura, which I'm very grateful for, uh, especially in this situation that this wasn't a character I was taking home with me because that, that would have been uh, highly unpleasant, I think. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So this this movie, in a way, it's kind of like affirming that, you know, there are mothers and wives and overall women in this world who seem to be uh, overlooked. Uh, why do you think like no? Do, do, do you think why do you think nobody listened to Holly? What was it because was there a theme of her being overlooked as a woman in society or? What was it? Because like her son seemed like one of her children seemed kind of like the Eric Cartman of the family. He was kind of bratty <laughs> to her. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, her, you know, her. Uh... I hadn't, I hadn't um, put that, that Cartman similarity together, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's funny, which is a compliment, by the way. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, you're definitely right um, in, in terms of, of that role that we put on, on women in terms of being wife, wives and mothers and caretakers. And that's, that's certainly a big component of the film, um, you know, and what we're speaking to. It's, it can be a very thankless job. It's probably the hardest job, the most important job. And it's, uh, you know, like I said, I'll oftentimes yeah. take it for granted. I don't know if it's possible not to take our mothers for granted um, and our spouses for granted, but I, I hope that, you know, this movie makes people take a moment and really uh, not do that, I hope. 
Yeah, I just kind of kept thinking like Holly must have kept it together in her head for a while. Like her husband seemed kind of like a firecracker. Like like if he was in the same situation, I'm going to guess he would probably be 10 times more emotional. Like one thing that really stood out to me is like when you're confessing to him and he's just like, you're crazy. I don't want to listen, you know? Well, and that scene is so telling because there she's actually admitting this horrible secret and coming clean about this thing. And again, it's like he doesn't even hear her. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just it's 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 sort of like we just have a problem overall of listening to each other, you know, because because we want to take more of our time just to speak and like move on to what we like want to say rather than having to hear what someone else has to say. That's so true. And that's a realization that I had years ago, which is, um, you know, you're about to say something and then you realize like, well, why do I want to say this? I already know what I'm going to say. Like, do I really need to share this? (laughs) Maybe I'm going to learn so much more just by listening. And of course you will. Yeah. You know, uh, I guess, I guess on that note, like what would you, uh, what would you want audiences to take uh, take away from this film when they leave? Because I know certainly like when it ended, I didn't go, all right, that was a good movie. And then, you know, I just kind of went on with my day. I just kind of thought about sort of a lot of the resonating themes of empathy, mental illness, you know, uh, women being overlooked, uh, you know, keeping secrets, like all these sort of things that kind of floated with me after the credits rolled. Um, I would say if there's one thing that I hope people take away from the film is that um, not to assume that you ever know what's really going on with someone, whether that be the person next to you at the market or even your own partner or spouse or member of your family. You know, we all sort of have this habit of putting on these bright, shiny faces and going out into the world. And, you know, when people ask us how we're doing, we say, I'm doing great, you know, we put on this big smile, but, uh, you know, in fact, more times than not, we're not doing great. So yeah. just to be, just to be sensitive to that. And, uh, like I said, don't, don't assume that you, you know, what's going on in someone's day or someone's life. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think in this year, like if someone like asks, like, how are you doing? Just say 2020, you know, and then <laughs> that'll just say yeah. everything. I think it's really important just to be be honest with each other now more than ever. Yeah, yeah. Like more often, like if someone like says like "How are you doing?" they say uh, "Not well." It's like usually the response is "Why are you not doing well?" or they act kind of like "Oh no, why did I just ask that?" You know, because <laughs> if someone starts to open up, they're not going to want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's instantly uncomfortable. But yeah, so I would say on that note, just to to treat each other with a little bit more care, a little bit more kindness. Absolutely. And uh, where can people find this film? I think it's kind of available on streaming platforms in a lot of places. I know I caught it on Amazon uh, uh, recently. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Amazon, um, iTunes, all all the major VOD platforms. Yeah. Yeah, all the normal ones. Yeah, and it's it's not hard to catch it. It's not like we're going anywhere. So <laughs> lots of time, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. not exactly the feel-good movie of the year, but I like to tell people that it's a reminder that uh things could be worse. 
Yeah, things could be a lot. Hey, at least at least in that movie, people, you know, didn't have to wear masks and all that. They could go out. You know, <laughs> there wasn't a global pandemic going on during the film. But <laughs> so suffering as opposed to suffering on a global level, which is obviously far more catastrophic. But perhaps <laughs> a distraction from your own suffering to focus on someone else's suffering. Yeah uh yeah well uh well yeah thanks so much uh, there is one thing i gotta ask just because and it has nothing to do with the movie but i noticed on your indb credits you as as a huge star wars nerd i noticed that you were in star wars the old republic and you played a character called ashra zarvos right ashra zavros <laughs> yeah i know it's funny because it kind of sounds like my name right azura ashara maybe that's what I- it I was kind of like, was that intentional? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't audition for it. It was just a straight offer. So maybe they were like, oh, we should hire that girl who kind of has a similar sounding name. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What was that like to be a part of that universe? Oh, so cool. It was such an honor uh, to be part of the Star Wars legacy in any capacity. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a great way to get my mind off of things, but we're, we're talking about the swerve, not star Wars. Cause I could go on for hours about that. I, I I'll do my Mandalorian stuff later. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much Azura for coming on and uh, be sure to stay safe and stay healthy and all that good stuff. And you know, when the cameras roll again, I can't wait to see what your next project is going to be. Thank you, Mike. That makes two of us. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thank guys you. remember you to take care. Yeah, right. thanks a lot, guys. Remember to check out The Swerve, available on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes and Amazon, etc. Thanks a lot, guys.